Hello. Hello. Hey, hi, hi. For the guys who are just tuning in, uh, my name is Ilsa. I work at Envision. And for this panel session, I have uh, Rene Espinota. That, however, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and Mark Trujillo. Uh, Marco from Sunaband and Rene from uh, Lazario. And um, I'm super, super happy to, uh, to have you guys here. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you do and how, uh, how you got into accessibility? Sure. Uh, you want to go first, Rene? Please, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> good to see you, by the way, man. Yeah, good to see you. <laughs> uh, sure. So what, what we do, we build a, a mobility aid for people with visual impairment. Uh, it's, it's this bracelet over here. Mm -hmm. uh, it uses sonar to detect obstacles within five meter range. The vibratory feedback to tell the user where these obstacles are. Uh, and then it complements with an app that lets the user adjust the way the suit event works, uh, opens to more features on them, uh, navigation features, location features, so they can access all, everything from the band without needing to take their phone out of their pockets. Uh, the primary function of our device is to provide um, protection to the upper body because canes and dogs uh, usually don't, don't cover from your knees up to the head and also to extend the awareness of the user because again, these other tools on, are very limited, limited in terms of range. Um, so that's the pseudo band and in my personal situation, uh, I got into the assistive Technology um, early on it came originally from an ex personal experience. My best friend from childhood is deaf, so I was raised along with him. He, we are same age. And uh, during my experience living with him, um, I learned a lot. Uh, I helped him many times, uh, and I realized how there's just a lot of things that need to be fixed for make these things accessible for them. Uh, so helping him along his 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 career and everything has uh, raised or inspired me to learn more and see how we can help all this uh, population. So early on, I got into assistive technology. Uh, I have a passion for developing. I'm, I'm a robotics engineer. Uh, I, uh, I guy won my first competition in robotics at 15 years old, but I kept doing robotics uh, for a long period in my life, I represented the country in a couple of times in international competitions. Then at my 18 years old, I started doing prototypes for disability. I totally built uh, seven devices for people with cerebral palsy, deafness, blindness. And then what, one of the last devices was actually this, this the Sunu van. So I built that in, in, in a collaboration uh, with a blind institute in, in Mexico. Yeah. So, because I saw the impact that the product was doing you know, for the for the students of this uh, school and the uh, the adoption of their parents, the interest in their parents in acquiring it, I decided to for the first time make a commercial product, and then that's how I started the the business. That's how I started the company. Wow! So it's really from passion, from from youth. That's it's beautiful. pure passion. Yeah. yeah <laughs> And, and Renee, how about you? Sure. So, well, uh, I will start how it begins. Um, so, um, I always wanted since very little to work uh, on 
healthy devices uh, to make a well-being of people or improve health. Uh, so I studied electrical engineering and while I was work, uh, studying, I also got the chance to work with a medical institution uh, doing assistive technology. So we prototype a lot of things. Um, uh, we work, I work with people with Parkinson's, um, with um, ALS um, and different um, like sort of um, difficulties to move. And so we develop assistive technology to improve their lives. Uh, and, and then we came across a project that they asked me if I could develop a mobile app for the blind community. It was not Lazarillo, but it was an app that uh, was supposed to be um, providing them um, a little bit more information about the subway. Um, and, okay. and at that time, I didn't knew that that was possible, actually. So smartphones were quite new. And, and, and I said, like, how you being blind will be able to touch a, a touch screen, right? Like, it does, doesn't have a surface and all that. But I didn't know so much about that. And I researched a lot. I discovered there was a standard for accessibility on web accessibility and uh, companies like um, I, uh, Apple and Android where um, Google were doing uh, improvements so app developers can provide accessibility features inside their apps. Uh, and also interact with over 30 people with different visual disabilities from low vision to, to the blindness. Um, and I discovered the way uh, what works, what didn't work, and after that specific project, I decided to dedicate my thesis. It was a one-year thesis on the first prototype of Lazarillo. So, um, and, uh, and a member of, the, of my actual team, Miguel Gonzalez, that uh, he helped me on that time. It just, uh, he was also a teacher of um, around, he had like six years teaching assistive technologies. And uh, so I, I thought like, he's the guy that can help me prototype. And then we actually did a more testing with or users, and then uh, after a year after, uh, of finishing my thesis, I start, we start Lazarillo um, just because uh, in that middle year, I learned about entrepreneurship. Like for, in college or university, you don't know so much about that. So, um, and that was the key for us to, to actually go ahead and start the project. Uh, and, and yeah, that's how it started in 2016 in January 2016, and uh, Lazarillo, so, so for people that doesn't know Lazarillo, Lazarillo, um, uh, we, we develop technologies so people can be more independent, and so that companies and public institutions can improve their customer experience for people with disabilities. So we have uh, an app that provides wayfinding orientation so that you can move through the city, and now about different services of companies. And then they will have a platform that we can integrate with companies so that hospitals, banks, uh, universities, and uh, museums even can add their venue, for example, uh, so that a person using Lazarillo can book a meeting with a doctor uh, with a hospital and then go to that meeting and navigate inside the hospital by themselves. So we're connecting both the companies with the users, um, helping them do that. And that is free and we, of course, charge companies. Yeah, it's basically from in your home to at the appointment you have. Yeah. In your yeah. Okay. Um, and, and it's quite interesting to have you both here together because um, you both have um, a, a part of what you do is, is navigation, helping people to navigate. Um, I'm, I'm curious, um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you didn't expect solving? Um, you know, in the, in the navigation for, for the blind. 
Like, what are the biggest challenges that you run into? Marco, please. I think because uh, it's, it's hard to say which are the biggest, you know. <laughs> we, we, we usually uh, face a lot of challenges, for example, and at different stages you, you, you face different types of challenges. Mm -hmm. So, for example, initially, uh, one of the challenges we got is that we, we, we had prototypes that were working great, uh, but the moment we, we try with a bigger audience is we were trying with kids uh, in, a, in a school. Then the moment we moved to adults uh, or seniors, uh, th then a lot more challenges started to appear. And then I realized that I didn't dimension the magnitude of the problem properly uh, at the beginning. Uh, and then you get to, to focus more on the field and you see you have all different sorts of disability um, in, in the visually impaired spectrum. You have people with no vision, with low vision, with different conditions behind their visual impairment who actually produce a different effect of your product on them. Uh, so designing a, a one-fits-all solution seemed almost impossible uh, at the beginning. So we were forced to, and this is one of the reasons why um, we also took longer to launch to the market. Mm -hmm. We were forced to make an app that can adjust the way the product works so it can adapt to different conditions and yet there's some sorts of profiles which our product is not as effective as others so we also need to tune more our marketing strategies and everything around in order to make this a successful business case which yeah. leads me to another problem uh raising money <laughs> initially it's it's quite hard because i think one of the things that most investors think about this market when they hear about it is that, first of all, it's a niche and market and they associate that with being a small market. Yeah. And also is that there's not too much competition. There's not too much comparison with other markets that they can relate. So they fear this market. They they don't understand it so you have to educate them enough in order to move the deal forward uh, i will say that that were probably my two initial stones that i trip on um how about you Renee? yeah <laughs> yeah they sure are pretty pretty big ones yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um so i think that uh, in a way um uh, what Mark is saying is, is true that you, you, you have different type of users, one more advanced uh, than, the, than others. Um, and, and one of the things that you need to do is, um, as a company, uh, understand that and have uh, communication with them so that you can actually uh, try to make uh, your product as simple as possible so that even uh, a, a person that's really into technology can use it, but also someone that is just starting can use it too. Um, I think that's always a challenge, uh, and especially if you have uh, users in different ca uh, countries. Um, sometimes things that you 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 that are working in your local country that you go out and test uh, and could not work in another country. Um, there are many uh, examples, but uh, in a way, I, I believe that all tends to be on, on having um, a user focus all, all the time. Like uh, these are your users and 
in a way you, you need to continue. Uh, it's not one time that you focus on them. It's like always focusing on how things adapt. Um, I would say also on our side, uh, of course, uh, like raising money is a challenge, um, definitely. Uh, we have a, an, another challenge that we actually sell to companies. Uh, we sell to, they're the ones that pay us. Um, so, comp and, and so I'm from Chile. I'm actually now in Mexico, <laughs> just uh, in Mexico City, uh, just nearby where Marco is. But, um, <laughs> but uh, and we work mostly in Latin America uh, um, currently um, in terms of co working with companies. We're, tr we're looking to expand, but we have uh, companies in Chile, uh, now in Costa Rica, we're trying to do things in Mexico. And here in, the, in Latin America, uh, laws on regulation for accessibility are not good uh, they're like actually uh, companies there is not in their agenda so mm -hmm. our approach to them is, is at the beginning was quite hard to actually make India realize that they if they have five million customers there's a percentage of them that have a disability and they don't know anything about them um, so uh, and then like showing them that if they do this they, they will not only impact uh, that end customer but their family members and it will create their brand awareness and in a way compete with their competitors in, in a different way. Uh, and then they have budget for that things. And, and then you can work out uh, with your, uh, with companies. Um, but of course it's a challenge. Uh, we needed into position um, awareness. And this, I think this is why events like this are good because it can um, put the word out like, hey, accessibility, there's a huge population. There's 1 billion people with disabilities around the world. So look your country and see if you're targeting that uh, the person. Like, are you selling to them? Maybe you, you actually are selling and you don't know anything about them. Uh, so understanding your customers is something that is important. That is really important. Yeah, that's, that's why we're here today, of course. And, and it's interesting that you said, yeah, we are selling to, um, to companies. Marco, you're selling to, to end customers, business to consumer. Uh, before I had a conversation with uh, Hector from Microsoft that he also said it's also sometimes difficult to mm, make people understand that you have to pay for these kind of products. It can't always be for free because there's a lot of money going into creating this product and everything. How do you cope with that? How do you do that? Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, I, I believe it's uh, so providing awareness, working with the community, and like providing uh, power to the community, like they, they can actually ask for this, is something that is important. And um, we have managed to create a brand and we always work with local institutions uh, so that they can help us uh, expand and we provide in the software. Uh, and, and had worked out, uh, we did this test at the beginning in Costa Rica that is, a, uh, I would say, a country with a small population. Uh, they don't have any difference in terms of laws for accessibility. From Chile, actually, they have um, less incentives, in, I would say. And we test the same, the same thing that we were doing in Chile, and it worked out. Um, now they have customers, uh, like, uh, and we realize that we can do this in, without having great uh, laws. That are, of course, they, are, they, they help, but uh, we, our approach is, not, is to do it without them, right? <laughs> and so that it could work in, 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 in countries like Latin America or in other countries that uh, they don't have uh, that um, policy so advanced, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, my, my next question was about um, 
you know, the the problem that we're talking about, the, the um, awareness for accessibility and accessibility on its own is um, both a global and a local um, problem that we're all trying to solve here. Do you have something um, in plan for for localizing for the the global skill that you guys are uh, are reaching? Hey, Marco. Yeah. Uh, so in our case, uh, we we do. I mean, initially, initially, uh, in the story of Sunu, we focus on selling in the U.S. Uh, we try to be, build a business case over there that work well. Mm -hmm. But uh, we certainly start receiving orders from elsewhere in the world. So uh, it was hard to, to say no. Um, and honestly, these days it's easier to make a global business uh, because of the facilities that we have. Yeah. Um, so we tried that and that actually works. We, our product now is translated in 30 languages. We have users in over 50 countries. Uh, we have partners, distribution partners, uh, could be organizations or specialized researchers in 30 countries. And over time, we, we've, we've been adapting our, our business model a little bit more to each country. We have been learning a lot of their needs. And it has been very interesting seeing how, uh, how we have different types of needs, different types of markets of perceptions. So some things are more important for one country than others. And these days, uh, well, these months, uh, we have been thinking seriously on providing a more localized uh, business model mm -hmm. for each country, uh, which you know comes with some challenges because it's quite broad. Uh, but I think this is also the best, the best thing uh, at the very end because, you know, uh, every market is it's very different. So in our case, a two ninety nine dollar price uh, for people in the U.S. or in some countries in Europe is is affordable, mm -hmm. but for some uh, customers in, in India or in Africa, it can be very challenging. Uh, so I think it's very important that we take this in consideration and figure out ways in order to adapt and make sure that our ultimate goal is achieved, which is providing value and impact to our end user. Yeah, and, and would that also be then part of the of the roadmap? Would that be um, localized value to the user, or more the way you market your product that you already have? Both things uh, on the market segment and on the products as well, uh, starting by, you know, the basic translations yeah. of everything, manuals, uh, the app itself, uh, your videos, uh, as much as you can, but also uh, localized solutions. For example, we have users in China, we have users in, in India and all the... Um, GPS app uh, features on the Sunovan don't work in, in China, for example, because they use a different type of maps. Uh, they use Beidou maps instead of Google maps. So, you know, these kind of things, you have to adjust them anyway, otherwise your product won't work. Uh, so yes. Yes, I get that. And, and Renee, how does it work for you? Yeah, so um, 
Well, we, we in a way we have the app that uh, grows. We have users in many countries, uh, and and we now are. I mean, we, we work with users so that to translate the app, uh, so that anyone that wants to translate Lazarillo connect with us and translate it, and so that it could actually be translated correctly uh, um, in their native language, and they can test and all that, and we follow that. So that's how we do it with, langu with uh, languages. Um, we have uh, also uh, another side that is how we work with local partners that actually implement our technology locally. The app can work, uh, have uses around the world, but what we want is to expand the, uh, the, our, I would say technology for companies. So right, they can start improving the information and it's not just a GPS point, it's actually a whole venue, uh, like a university transformed in a way that you can find uh, the bathrooms that are accessible, um, the cafeteria, the menu of that and, 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 and we have also expanded in a way for, with, uh, for people that have mobility disabilities, so that if you want to have accessible routes, for example, in a university campus, you can have it. And, and that is like our approach to this, like how we can start uh, providing this locally. Um, and, and through this test, we have now three countries that, are, we have, that have local partners and, uh, and promoters. So there's a company that has all the skills to implement Lazarillo, uh, like the technology with a company, and then there's a promoter that help us um, um, reach more nonprofits or things like that. So the promoter is most of the time a nonprofit that, um, in a way, um, teach the app or um, provide awareness. And, and, and I think collaboration is super important uh, for that. Uh, and, and so that's uh, how we want to grow. Um, and that's what we're doing. We, 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 we of course, are learning. Uh, and, and other ways that we see our future is collaborating uh, with the great companies like Marco, right? <laughs> In which that we have a common goal. Um, like Sunovan is great. And, 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 and we have a, also a community that sometimes don't know about that. And we could, uh, in a way, collaborate. Um, so I think collaboration for us is the way to move forward so that uh, we can, um, in a way, provide our service, uh, but also if we can, uh, to um, also help other uh, companies working on accessibility uh, to have a bigger impact. And together we have more uh, force. And I think that, for example, this is something that I, I believe is in the same pathway, right? Working together, doing a chat all together. And, and I think that's great. Yeah. yeah, I think we feel the same way. It's um, community is, is very, very important. Definitely. Um, I have, the time flies, it's crazy. Uh, I am having a question coming in from uh, Karen Swan. Um, it's for you, Marco. Mm -hmm. Is it not confusing or disorientating if surrounded by lots of obstacles or people? So it depends. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for asking, Karen. Um, I mean, yes and no. <laughs> It could be if you, but there's certain adjustments that you can do to the band. Uh, we let you very easily manipulate the range of the sonar. So if you are in a situation that's very crowded, then you probably don't need five meter range detection. You shorten that to two meters or even one meter, depending on how, how crowded the situation is. And then we can also adjust the, the amplitude uh, 
or the angle of the sonar. So it is more laser focused compared to flashlight focus. That way uh, you don't get as much noise uh, and you are um, able to detect those gaps, spaces between people so you can surf the, the crowd conveniently. So, so we, we, we have certain types, uh, certain things you can adjust, but also we have already uh, setups. So we currently have two modes, like indoor and outdoor mode. So we play with these two variables I just mentioned, but you don't need to adjust them every time. You just select the setup you, you, you prefer or is more adequate to the situation. Uh, and you can do this in, in seconds just by uh, clicking a button, swiping to your setup and double tapping to select the, the mode you, you prefer. Gotcha. And then, and then something that from William, a question that came in is, um, why did you decide to go for a wristband instead of something like a belt glasses or clip on, or maybe something on your leg or how, how do you compare <laughs> that? Yeah, I mean, that was, that, that was a tough decision to make, to be honest, because we tried a, a lot of different um, prototypes when we were starting. We tried canes, we tried belts, we tried uh, stuff in your head. Uh, we ended up deciding going to Richmond because uh, first, in the, in, in, in the case of the canes, um, we realized that, first of all, not all people who have visual impairment use a cane. And then even those who actually use it, uh, even if they need it, you know, <laughs> which is kind of weird and alarming, but I, I understand then those who actually use it, they don't use it all the time. They probably use it like 20, 30% of the time just when they need it. Uh, and this is, this is an issue for technology because the technology can be uh, taken advantage of in many types of situations. So for example, if you're in the office, uh, many people who are blind don't use their cane in the office because they know that the surface is flat, they feel uh, comfortable, but then it, it, potentially someone could put a chair in the middle of uh, of the stairs or something. So this can be disturbing, they won't be aware. So the Sunuban could be always there. So that's the first thing. We realized we needed to separate the technology from the cane. And also canes have a tendency to be each time lighter uh, mm -hmm. and, and longer. So putting the technology into the cane may, would make it uh, heavier. And another reason is uh, the cane is usually moving side to side. Uh, which also makes the technology sensing in the same direction. In the case of the Sunu band, uh, it doesn't work again in the sense that you have to be, you know, swiping side to side. You actually use it in different ways depending on the situation. Sometimes you're so following someone in the queue. Mm -hmm. So you, you have the, the, the sensor positioned at your front. Sometimes you're trying to find a landmark, uh, a landmark in the space, like a pole at the end of the street, then you're probably scanning. So sometimes you're trying to find a gap to get a, out, uh, outside a building or outside a crowd situation. So that's why you need some flexibility to, to aim the solar sensor. Yeah. Um, so that's a part. Then putting the technology on the head and the head on the face was very inconvenient. Uh, most people don't like to put things on their face. Uh, uh, even if they are blind, uh, they, we realize they really care about how they look. So they don't want to look stupid wearing something bulky on their head. Mm -hmm. so, uh, trying other wearables, it, it pro, it, all of them had some cons and pros. But the good thing about the wrist is that most people are used to wear stuff on their wrist. Yeah. Uh, there was a tendency of the smartwatches happening at the time. Mm 
Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it makes more sense to pull it over there. It has a lot of flexibility to aim and it's very discreet to use because you can, the way we build it, uh, the solar sensor is on the side. So when you wear it and you have your, your hand laid down, it's naturally pointing forward. So you don't have to make, you know, a lot of movements, uh, just gentle twist on your wrist is enough to scan the whole front and uh, up ahead. So yeah. it's a more convenient. Um, the only problem con is that the user needs to get used to that position at, at the beginning, but this is something that is solved within the first 20 minutes of experiencing the product. Uh, and it's mastered within the first two, three days uh, yeah. of using it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, uh, I hope that uh, answered the question. Uh, William, thanks. Um, then for Renee. So, somebody, I work with a blind organization in the UK. When can we expect La Radio app in the UK? Can you already start sure. offering with businesses here remotely? Yeah, so, um, well, La Radio works uh, in the streets in the UK. Um, and to work with companies right now, uh, we're looking for a partner, local partner. Uh, if you happen to have one, please contact me at rene at lazarillo.app or app at lazarillo.cl. And I can <laughs> write it down, but uh, yeah, like we're looking for a, a local uh, institution to partner up and uh, start doing that. We actually, I actually went to the UK for a whole month, uh, like uh, three years ago. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of uh, things possible to do there, especially because we have a lot of museums and, uh, and sightseeing and of course coronavirus get us all home uh, but even for that right now we are doing things uh, new things so that uh, resources and information can be uh, accessible through Lazarillo uh, currently and we start working with local governments in some countries in Chile Colombia uh, and we expect to get to more countries soon and uh, so if you have any connection uh, like uh, we tend to do that like if you send us an email through the app or whatever, we and for connections we actually uh, answer back. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I believe that a uh, next year probably would be easier for us to move. But actually now we're able to uh, provide the training, especially as companies are uh, currently looking for new opportunities. Um, I think that opens up a gap, so uh, opportunity gap to for us to position ourselves in that place. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. That's good yeah. to know. And Renee, uh, if, just sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Parenthesis. Uh, uh, I think I have a couple of contacts that you, uh, that can help, that can, that will be very interested in, <laughs> in you know, bringing Lazarillo to the UK. So ah. feel free to reach out when we are done. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I will do. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So they discuss after this. Um, gents, our time is up, but I do, if you have time, I have one, one, one last question. I'm just super interested in um, upcoming innovative technologies that you're excited about. Is there, mm -hmm. is there one or two things that you can mention like that's, that's really exciting. I would love to learn more. And um, Marco? <laughs> start, okay. Yeah, you guys start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're very excited as well. I try to disclose as much as I can. Um, so, yeah, we, we are working in some prototypes. Um, 
Next Generation for the SUNY band and also a second uh, different product. Uh, we want to get more involved into the vision uh, spectrum. You know, these days uh, there's interesting tendencies in technology that that the visual impaired community must definitely benefit. And you guys are actually doing a great work uh, there in terms of uh, voice assistance, which can provide a lot of interesting features and vision recognition, AI. So, uh, you know, we are a hardware company. So we, we also want to keep us uh, in, that, in that direction, try to provide a, a platform uh, for the end user that can provide as many solutions as possible. Mm -hmm. And this also comes from learnings uh, from, from our first product, the, the Suduban. I mentioned about the race and I mentioned why we decided that, uh, but of course these days some things have changed. Uh, so we could offer different types of solutions that can be suitable for the community. Um, also these days I've learned how, how big the problem is. So our focus is to looking to be like when I said more of an integrator type of company that can, you know, provide uh, an important element to the rest of the stakeholders like you guys. Uh, so we can provide a, a full solution or as fullest as possible, yeah. at least for an end user. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I, I want to add that I, I believe that the future um, of assistive technology uh, should be collaborative, like in a way that companies that are working on this uh, could work together and see ways to work together. I believe that's the only way to, to actually uh, make a real change in the world because uh, it's true that we're few companies uh, trying our best to do the change and um, and if we don't work together, I believe that uh, it, it's, it's too hard. And, and uh, so for, for only one company to reach the whole world, right? But if we join forces, I believe that we can provide even better solutions, more complete solutions, and, and, and for the end user be better at the end. Um, yeah. for, I, I think that's, uh, I believe that that's really more important than even technology because technology is changing all the time. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think that technology is a tool like, for us, uh, we're seeing ways that, we, like, uh, Lazaria can be more, in a way, human, like, <laughs> like interaction. Like, not only once uh, he's talking to me, but I could be even a way so that we can, you can talk to Lazarillo and, in a way, be more uh, humanly uh, interactive, right? Um, and so that's one of the things that uh, we are thinking of uh, for the future, and and now, and for now. We are focusing all our efforts to support uh, uh, our users uh, uh, remote, remotely uh, when they are home, right? So that is, for example, one of the new features that should be available uh, next week, I believe. That is a news feature so that most of the information on coronavirus is not accessible. It's not in a format that is accessible enough. So inside Laisarillo, as we have a, good, a big community, you will be able to get information of your local, uh, uh, I mean, of your country or your local institution. Uh, for this, we of course need the support of the community. Um, and so inside Lazarillo, you will find a way to put in contact with, so to upload information from, um, 
actually uh, validating uh, resources. So I think that's a new thing for us. Uh, so how we can support our users uh, um, when they're home. Uh, and that's, uh, I think that in, for the future will be a mix on a new channel of communication and also the navigation that we already have. Uh, even though we have users that are continue going out, uh, we want to hopefully help them do to don't go out, right? To stay yeah. home. Um, and so, um, yeah. I believe that uh, what's more important is the collaboration and I'm really excited for that. Yeah, amazing. I think this is the perfect end to a great conversation with you too. I would love to thank you for your time and being here and being uh, open and sharing your thoughts and ideas. And um, let's uh, make sure we collaborate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, bye bye. Too, Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so, and thank thank you you so much for the audience watching us. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Thank you all. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, Rene. Bye bye, Marco. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an amazing uh, collaboration for them too. I, I'm, I'm super excited to hear what, uh, what comes after this for them. Um, I, um, Honestly, just want to thank uh, everyone who listened into the, the Accessibility Innovators chat today. It has come to an end. Um, I want to thank our ambassadors, uh, Omar, Aruka, uh, Yessa, Hassan, Salih, Benjamin. Uh, very valuable insights and uh, we're super happy to have you guys uh, as our ambassadors. Um, and of course, also the innovators from Be My Eyes, uh, Lazarillo, Sunaband, Cash Reader, and, uh, and Microsoft. Uh, it was a pleasure and honestly, just an honor to be able to uh, talk to you all and, and get a little deeper understanding in what accessibility is to you. Um, yeah, and see what, what is on the roadmap for you all. Um, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, one last message is that we have a special discount code on the envision glasses for you that is going to be code g-a-a-d 10. Um, we will post on social so um, you will see it flying by um, if for whatever reason you want to see the webinar again we will post it on uh, social media as well so feel free to share and uh, we would love to see you again soon Thank you so much. Introducing Envision Glasses, the new AI-powered smart glasses by Envision, empowering the blind and visually impaired to be more independent. Available for pre-order now.